0: Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning with Ask a Windermere Coach. And on occasion, I'll be joined by Nick Hansen, Doug Simcock, and Eric Thompson. On this podcast, we want to talk about how to create great work-life balance and epic customer service in the real estate industry. We hope you enjoy our podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ask a Windermere Coach. Uh, My name is Michael Fanning, and this is episode number nine. And I'm so excited today to have our guest, Lena Mall. She is with us today. She is with the Windermere family, and she has been with the Windermere family for some time. And um, one of the things that I'm so excited about our interview today is my dad would always say, hey, son, if you want to learn how to do something, go find somebody who's done it, and then uh, ask them how they walk down that path. And I have to tell you, um, Lena has been highly successful in owning and operating her office, uh, her Windermere office, and we want to talk about that today. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff that goes along with that. And so just to kind of give you a real quick history uh, for Lena. And by the way, Lena, how are you today? Good.
1: I'm doing great.
0: It's Friday, so you know we're, yeah. we're excited, yes, exactly. Um, so uh, I've known Lena since 19, what I think was 1997, Lena, when you became an intern. Uh, at the uh, Windermere Services Company, right?
1: Correct. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and your dad, uh, Dick Wood, he became Windermere in 1986, and you said to me that John Jacoby said you had to, you had to work in an office before you owned an office. Is that was that the the deal?
1: Yes, he left a um, sizable general management position at a competing company, and John demoted him down to agent first before he could own, which I was really cool.
0: I love that. Well, and people that have listened to John Jacoby when we did our uh, our fireside chat with him, he said that was kind of his his how to build owner philosophy. So that's great. And then, um, and then your dad. So in, in 2005, you said you kind of took over the office when your dad would take summers off.
1: Yes, he started. They my parents built a house over in Lake Chelan and started taking the summers off in 2005. Yep
0: and then uh two thousand and eight you uh you started working full time uh in the office and basically running the office. Is that when your dad kind of decided he was going to start taking the road down retirement
1: yes i was I was always full time but in two thousand and eight is that summer when he came back, he did not move back into his office. We decided he was going to move into my office and I was going to stay in the the front office and we finalized uh the stock transfer and he completely retired in 2009.
0: And, uh, and then you unfortunately lost your dad. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then, and I remember that that was difficult for a lot of us because your dad was a great guy. And um, I remember that uh, that was also right when things were kind of going sideways in the economy.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. We, we lost my dad in 2012. And if you look back statistically, that was actually the, the rebound of the market, the bottom, if you will, um, mm-hmm. in our area, May of 2012 was the bottom. So, um, we lost him in March. So unfortunately he didn't get to see the rebound of our market after that horrible downturn. Yeah. And one sort of interesting fact I'll share, cause it sort of goes back to yours and I, and my relationship is, um, we were training to take over Teaching Ninja after Larry came up for uh, the year of 2011. And we were going to, going to be teaching our very first Ninja in March of 2012. And um, the very first phone call that I made when I found out that my dad passed, because it was sudden, he was actually on vacation, um, was to you, because the next- I remember that we were supposed to be teaching our or actually you were teaching the very first day the day that my dad passed and the next day i teach day two i was supposed to be teaching ninja for the very first time and i had to call and say mike i need your help and you stepped up in that very first ninja where we were so green and you took day two and ran with it so i could you know be where I needed to be with my family so I was eternally grateful for that
0: well and it was the least I could do and uh thank you for mentioning that and I have to tell you uh I I did want to say that too is that you know when we do teach installations here in Seattle Lena is the person who takes over day two which is all about flow which is one of the things we're going to talk about today and um so Lena the, a couple of things I should know about you is you also you have three beautiful kids a great husband Uh, you've got good work-life balance uh you know i I love that about you and the other thing too i think that is really important to point out to everybody that's listening is you know in the northwest mls where your office is so your office is located in linwood washington because there be people that are listening to this podcast that are not from this area but uh and that is overseen by the northwest mls in that in your stats there uh your office within the Windermere world is at number 14 with 52 agents and uh it's impressive, Lena. Five hundred and eighty-seven sides, three hundred and ninety-five million in dollar volume. Um, well done.
1: Thank you. Yeah, we're hoping to finish strong with a good December as well, and close out after a pretty, uh, you know, challenging but amazingly, uh, I, I think a year that we find ourselves sitting in uh, a in a great sense of gratitude.
0: Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, in doing homework for this podcast, I talked to some of your agents and I just was asking, you know, how would you describe Lena? And I have to tell you, you have uh, they have great respect for you, but words that came out were advocate, uh, cheerleader, uh, empathetic, caring, devoted, um, uh, helpful, um, you know, and I didn't hear, oh, she's a great owner. Right. And I think that that's important because I think that a lot of times, you know, we have people that are in our industry that, you know, they they hang their hat on the fact that they're owner. But at the end of the day, you know, that's just a title. I think it's really how you choose to show up uh, and bring it every single day and how invested you are in your agents. And so I thought it would be helpful if uh, if we kind of went through this and I I gave you some questions that I'd sent to you. And I just want to kind of touch on those. So my first question to you is, you know, what do you what do you think some of the biggest challenges are for you? Uh, you know, obviously right now with COVID, but overall, like in long term health of your company, where do you find some of the biggest challenges?
1: Um, well, COVID, obviously, um, I'm I'm a, a deeply a relationship person. That's what motivates me, um, and so not being able to all be together and really have that reciprocity of energy um, has been missed and challenging for sure. Um, but everyone's got that challenge right now. I'm not unique in that sense. So um, I would say that one of the my bigger challenges is, uh, and just something I have to stay on top of, is, is managing, knowing the different, you know, pieces of the pie within your company that you need to pay attention to on a consistent basis. I sometimes have the tendency to go towards the things that I enjoy the most, which is the coaching and the marketing and the creativity and the relationships where, you know, there's the back end and the finances and um, the PL and all of those things that um, sort of back of the house stuff that doesn't float my boat as much. So that's probably my biggest thing that I have to push myself to um, focus on and be more diverse with my time and then just uh, working with the staff and the management of the staff uh, in addition to the the motivating and the management of the agents because that is two different workforces but both so dependent on one another and our staff in order for our brokers to be successful our staff has to be successful so always making sure that I'm paying attention to both.
0: Well, you know, that's interesting. One of the things that I would say, too, is and that a lot of times people listen to this and they say, well, how do I, how do, I do it all? But it was interesting. We were talking earlier uh, earlier in the month, and uh, one of the things that you told me is that you make a commitment to all your agents to have a one-on-one with them for business planning at the end of the year. Um, how has that impacted your relationship with them when you have to have the hard conversations or when they when things are difficult? I mean, just kind of tell me how, when you lay that groundwork, what, what's the benefit to having those one-on-ones?
1: Oh my gosh! The, they're the foundation of, of what the year ahead is. Um, so we we do we pick a theme every year for business planning, if you will, um, to just lock have to help create a visualization and lock into why we do this and what we want to get out of it. And oftentimes, that is not necessarily a monetary thing. The, the monetary thing is the tool that you use to accomplish what you want to accomplish for you and your family, right? So, we get really, try and get really focused in on that, that why, if you will. And we do that by creating a theme. Our theme this year is uh, create your story. Uh, there's a really cool uh, TED talk on it I can send to you. Um, about, you know, using utilizing your storytelling to create what you want in your future. And this was definitely a year where um, we had a story to tell and we needed to do our best to make that story be positive. Um, and so, those, the one on ones, uh, give the brokers and I, in an individual way, an opportunity to connect and have it be all about them and what they want and their families. And we focus on the wins, we focus on the challenges, and then we boil it down very succ- succinctly to maybe one to three things that they want to adjust in their business to get them to their goal. And we look at goal setting in a very strategic manner. Like there's a relationship to sides, GCI, and average price point. You need to know those three things and how they, they. Um, it's just a math equation. It's an algebra. Right algebraic equation, they all, um, they all relate to one another. And so um, we leave those meetings connected relationally. I I can get a sense for people where they're at. They get a sense for where I'm at too, because this is a partnership. Um, No one works for me. I, I actually see it more so that I work for our brokers, but this is a partnership and it gives us an opportunity to come together. So we, we do goal setting. When each of those agents leave, I can walk through the halls of our office or look in a Zoom and I know what every single person's personal goal is and why. And I also know what they're trying to make adjustments on so I can help hold them accountable to that and provide tools to help them know get those things done and or and you know as we always say in ninja you know the action will take care of the results so we're very action oriented and usually that does take care of the results so yeah those meetings are invaluable we also in the summertime uh offer a mid-year meetup and that is i would say probably half the agents take me up on that we did those over this summer um, via Zoom, and we call them pivot meetings. But typically, in a normal year, those are just called mid-year meetups. And I, right. the fun thing is, is I, I tell the agents, hey, if you take me up on a mid-year meetup, we can do one of three things. We can have lunch, go to coffee, or do happy hour. And um, selfishly, I created those mid-year meetups because in the summertime, the office is quieter, right? People right. are out. And they're not all there they're not all there. And I was missing them. I'm like, where are they? And so it gave us an opportunity to connect uh, socially. Um, but then also maybe, you know, dust some dust uh, some uh, tools off and get them reengaged between now and the end of the year. And those have really been useful in getting people to push towards their goal in the second half of the year.
0: Well, and I would say, um, you know, what I heard was that people in your office said that you're not just vested in their business success, but you're invested more in their life success.
1: For and, sure. Without a doubt.
0: And that and that has a, you know, and 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 let's be honest, I mean, when that happens, I mean it's genuine and it's authentic, but we have to also look at the outcome of that. And the outcome of that and, and I'm I'm guessing and you can validate this, is that it also helps for retention. It also helps for recruiting. Uh, it just helps for a healthier culture in the office as well. Would you agree?
1: Yeah. We, yes. I, I would say that we have very much a shared Uh, vision as an office uh, and shared values. Uh, We really, uh, a word that, two words that come out of our mouths often around here is, you know, family, It's very family oriented. And in part of being family, let's be real, is that there's love there, there's acceptance there there's a, a feeling of safety and comfort, but there's also vulnerability and rawness. Like we can be real with one another. I mean, people sh- share things with me that are highly personal, but if they weren't sharing those things with me, they might not be able to get out from underneath that rock and get on top of it because they would feel it, like it was weighing them down. So people, I. one of my biggest honors is that people trust me with what they're going through and we work together to you know use that as motivation or get things out of the way to get them to where they want to be. So yeah, absolutely. This is secondarily about real estate and more so about relationships and just accomplishing great things.
0: I love it. I love it. And if you could think about like what what would be what would be one big win that you had per 2020? Uh, because it was a really tough year, if you could say what was oh. what was what was a b- a big win for you in your mind on the success of your office?
1: Oh man, um, I think that I have actually spent the last couple of weeks in deep reflection on this year and trying to uh, really take inventory of my own personal and professional growth because it has been big this year and um i feel like I've, I've grown up in some ways uh i've been on this journey for uh almost three years now from when you and i and doug and uh, we went back to fort collins and did some additional instructor training with larry and we got to hang out with all of those amazing ninja instructor Absolutely. instructors from all around the country And I wasn't at a really great place in my life at that point with life balance. Um, And it has improved from that trip forward. And um, part of when you are out of balance is I don't think you're valuing yourself as much as you should. Right. Uh, And I've gotten better at identifying my value and being okay with some of the decisions that I make and i think this year validated uh the value of our company our staff our office and my leadership style more than anything um we had a facebook live before we got really invested into zoom on march 17th
0: -hmm.
1: and i that meetings recorded and i went back and watched it and one of the things that I shared with the group at the end through some legitimate tears and I was scared I think like I mean, if you're an owner and you weren't scared in March, you're lying.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody was like, "What is going on?" I I totally understand.
1: Scared. Like Like everybody
0: was scared. Yes.
1: Why? Why do you think? I mean, and if you were around from 2008 to 2012, you were certainly scared because, like, oh my gosh, what's coming? But one of the things I did share with our group. And I felt this so deep in my heart, and it was proven through what we have gone through, is that I felt like our group was very well positioned for this challenge uh, because of the systems that we have in place in our office and that our, our brokers, their audiences, their sphere of influence is they they were used to hearing from them on a regular basis because of our marketing systems and our outreach and the flow that we encourage. And so I, it felt really good to be able to say to them, you guys, we got this, this is, you know, this is challenging, but you're good and we're not going to skip a beat. We're actually going to, we're going to turn the beat up. We're going to make the drum go faster and, and use this as an opportunity because that's one thing that through becoming an owner in the downturn, one of the biggest things that I had to convince myself of and in turn help encourage our brokers is that a challenge is in fact an opportunity. And that's all that this
0: was. Right. And, the, and to embrace it and, and take it head on. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, yeah. you know, that, that brings me to another question. So in looking at your numbers, um, your top third agents that, uh, a lot of them had, uh, some of their best years, uh, in, in 2020, which is, is insane. Uh, we, yeah. you know, when you think about this, what, and what I found is that I was looking at your, and you do, you do some auto flow tools for your agents, but I was looking at like the top third had 28 touches for the year. Um, yeah. so Tell me a little bit about that in terms of just, you know, uh, how you have helped the agents to facilitate some of these things that we find that sometimes they're not so great at doing that allowed them to c- consistently have that interaction with their clients.
1: Yeah, um, this again birthed out of that, that era in the downturn in um, identifying, okay, how can we get or encourage our brokers to, to be committed to their marketing, which we, you know, we called it marketing back then, but now through Ninja, we call it flow, right? right? Your frequency of interaction with your clients, whether that's face-to-face or talking with them on the phone or your marketing. Um, and your marketing is what I like to call your credibility campaign, if you will. And have actually in the last year or so have shied away from using the word marketing because that's like, oh, I'm trying to market to you, sell to you. I think more, more so um, purveyors of good content in order to educate. We really see ourselves as educators in uh, helping people understand where the opportunities are for each individual in this marketplace and, and what's going on. And so way back in the day my brother and i who was my partner at that time we tried to encourage a consistent level of marketing within the office and we found two challenges that we ran up against and that was uh folks paying for it and taking on what they saw as an expense and we'll right. talk about
0: expense yeah. for
1: some investments in a moment but and then the other thing was just you know, they, they would get off track and would lose their consistency in getting it done because they got busy.
0: Yeah. Or exactly. maybe it
1: wasn't their thing or they weren't that organized. And so we did our first experimental in-house, um, auto flow in
0: 2008.
1: Wow. Yeah. Long time ago. Um, but really in looking back, it was about 2011, 12, that we went all in and presented them at the beginning of the year a total package of custom marketing that they could opt into and know what their whole marketing plan was for the whole entire year sitting on January 1. And and, you, and we, of course, Ninja all the way, a good balance of art and science, uh, and a mix of different mediums. You know, we have postcards, we have e-newsletters, we have client appreciation events, and we also have social media offerings as well. So I, I like to call it the basket weave of content because we wanna weave in the different generations and who wanna be communicated with in different ways. And then we have the different personality types and you take you know, all of those fibers and you weave a basket to hopefully fill that basket with water and not have any water seep through. And so if you have a robust amount of well-balanced content, you know, on every given month, you're not going to make everyone happy, but over the course of the year, you're going to make everyone happy.
0: Exactly. Well, and one thing for those people listening, you know, I know a lot of our Windermere ownerships have a form of autoflow that's available to their agent population, right? To partake. Mm-hmm. The challenge that I find, and, we, and through coaching, we hear this, right? When We do coaching. I'll say to somebody, oh, well, you know, your office provides this. And they go, yeah, but I don't do it. How how do you help the agents understand, this gets back to investment versus cost, how do you get them to understand that they're making an investment that's on their best behalf to do that? And how do you get your high adoptions in your auto flow?
1: Um, well, I, I think one of the words that was used to describe me is I am um, a cheerleader. Um, I'm, I have a very promotional type of personality and I'm also very, as you have pointed out, um, I have a perfection side to my personality. I'm very type A, so I'm incredibly organized. And when I execute a plan, no detail is missed. And so I think it creates a real safety net for people to know I can opt into this and this is going to work and no, no detail has been missed. I will say, and this is, seems very, very simple, but one of the things that I think that might be a little bit different about our auto flow is that our agents do not physically touch their marketing pieces. Right. Uh, Not only are the marketing pieces, you know, curated and designed and written and developed on their behalf, uh, but the ordering is done for them. And, the sorting and the schlepping to the post office is done to them for them. And I think as, as simple as that is, I, I really think that the fact that it's all done for them, not just, Oh, here's a piece order it if you want, and then get it to the post office. That's where I think the fall off is for the agent is the execution. right? And we cover the execution part of it with our staff. And so I think that's allowed for buy-in because it's the easy button. And because we collectively do all of our distribution together, we're able to bring down the postage costs because, you know, like when we do our quarterly market updates four times a year, we're mailing out close to 15,000 postcards at once. So, you know, we get that discount through bulk mail for that. Um, and because we're we're helping our agents execute all of their flow. We're able to measure who's doing what. And then again, like those analytics that you just looked at, we can utilize the auto flow as a coaching tool because we can see okay, yeah, you opted into this or you didn't opt into that. Or you say you have 250 people in your database, but you only sent out 112 of that postcard. Where's the gap here? And so, it really opens up this amazing coaching opportunity to really honestly look at the size of people's database, how well they're organized, and then what's consistently going out every month. And our goal is, you know, three touches a month. Yep. And we have a lot of people there. Um, but when we can show the amount of touches and relationships to sides in GCI, you know, the proof is in the pudding. This stuff works.
0: You've consi- you've created consistency that is able to demonstrate uh predictable results.
1: Exactly. It's yeah. a system. And yeah. I system is not a sexy word. Um it's I mean, systems are pretty amazing, I will say. But
0: <laughs> no, I would agree. Um,
1: but it's 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 you know, system, you know, like it, it is a system, but it's a clearly organized system. And if you work the system, it it works, but uh sort of like with the word marketing and, and system, they're very black and white to me. I, I like things to be a little bit more feelings, um, but there's a lot of feelings that go into that system. And like the one-on-ones that we do in at the end of the year and the mid-year, those sort of help weave those feelings and that relationship into the system and makes the system more approachable and I think more safe um, and trusted.
0: Right. You know, it's funny. I was just listening to a podcast. It's Tim Paris's podcast, but I don't know if you've ever read his book called a four hour work week. Um, but he has a book called the four, but he talks specifically in there about systems. Number one, right. Mm-hmm. And number two is something that you mentioned is investment is you have to have an system. And then you have to be willing to make the investment, knowing that you're going to get a return. And it sounds like you have taken on that investment knowing, right. If you do it right and you apply the system, you're going to get a return.
1: Without a doubt, um, there's, there's not much that when looking at our company and identifying our success points that didn't come from Ninja and from Larry directly, you know, that has been the biggest blessing and honor in my professional career is to be associated with that individual <laughs> and, and to be exposed to Ninja and to really walk it. Um, the, I was in a, we were all a lot of us in an owner, uh, manager training with him some years ago. And he did that whole lesson on expenses versus investment. And he said, you should have no expenses in your business. If they're expenses and they're not providing a return, then you, you need to make adjustments, anything that you're financially, uh, putting money into should be an investment because in order to be an investment, part of that definition is that it has to provide a return. And so um, I'm very highly aware of where my investments are and they are the cornerstones of our business, our office, our success, and that's our staff. Yeah. Our staff is one of our largest investments and the most important um, investment that we
0: have. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I, I would say that uh, that is a huge piece because that staff is so critical to the success and the culture of that office, um, yes. along, with, along with the leadership, right? Um, the, the last question I have for you, Lena, is, is just um, what advice would you have for owners listening today that want to maybe enhance the culture in their office and help their agents get to that higher level of production? What, what would be like one or two things you would say, hey, in my opinion, these are things that uh, are just critical to make that happen.
1: I, I think you have, I, I I know what has worked for me is being connected to what, each and every agent wants to individually accomplish and to celebrate the differences of everyone's goal. We have a, a collection of different personalities and people at different seasons in their life. And we can have, I always use this example, we can have someone in the office that, you know, wants to bring in an extra $50,000 into their household. And then we have someone that wants to make $500,000 a year. Um, And what I think is important is that if someone says that they wanna make 50,000 and someone says they wanna make 500,000 and we sit down together and devise a plan for each of those goals, then when we get to the end of the year and if each of those goals are accomplished in my eyes, they are both equally important, they are both equally celebrated. Just because you want to make more money doesn't make you any better than the person next to you. And we have very much woven that attitude into the culture of our company and have a level of acceptance and humility with one another and When, you know, you have someone cruising towards retirement, we're cheering them on just as much with, you know, taking the longer trips and finding the life balance versus banging out a bunch of deals, because that's not where they're at, at that time. If we have a newer agent who's building their career and, and trying to get to higher heights, we're cheering them on too. And so Uh, there is some sharing of the goals and the vulnerability within our group. And I think that uh, creates a culture that is very motivating to one another, very safe, trusting. Um, And I, I just think that I don't know how I could do what I do without taking the time to get to know each of our agents on an individual personalized level.
0: Yeah, I love it. Well, and that goes back to kind of this whole podcast is about work-life balance. I had some of the other day say to me, you know, what success and I said, success is what you decide it's going to be for you to have the life you want to have, which goes back to, like you said, you know, do you want to make this amount of money a year, or maybe this means it's this amount of money you're at the end of the day, you have really have to say, are we allowing you to have that work-life balance and that life that you deserve to have in this business? Because real estate's a great vehicle to get you there and we can help you do it with a system and a process. And it sounds like that's, in your opinion, that's that's critical, that's paramount to uh, the culture and the success of the individual agents is if they're invested in their own success and whatever that happens to be.
1: Yeah, we with, with the systems that we have in our in our office, sort of going back to the staff, And and a lot of what we've done has been broker driven off of suggestions, right? You know, we have full-time marketing and all of that executed. We also do have a transaction coordinator, which was a suggestion of the agents. And so we created this in-house transaction coordinator position, gosh, four and a half years ago. Uh, And we have that to almost 88% adoption in the office. Um, And then we also have additional help of a shared license assistant in the office that people can utilize um, on an hourly basis. So what we've seen is that by taking the marketing off of their plates, by taking the tedious transaction management off their plates, and then having a pinch hitter there for them to help when they're really busy or just uh, put that person into their business on a consistent level with certain things like listing launches and whatnot, that the brokers in our company can get to 30 sides a year without needing their own assistant because they have uh, so much support in place. When they get to about that 30 sides a year, is where I'm I'm seeing them take the leap in hiring their own part time or full time assistant.
0: Yeah, I love that, and it's it's interesting to see that because uh, we have a lot of those conversations where they've kind of hit that threshold and you say, okay, now's the time to make the move and um, it's important. But yeah, doing that uh, at that lower level is providing those services I think is, is, is a great idea. Um,
1: one one thing you know, I will add, Mike, that is really probably something that makes me most happy and proud is that in some of these uh, one-on-ones that we have, I've had agents come to me um, and recalibrate their goal because they'll get to the end of a year and feel like they have to do better the next year, right? And that isn't an, a vicious cycle to get on. And, um, we've seen brokers in our company have the epiphany of, No, I don't need to do that, I can actually do the exact same thing I did last year and focus more on balance than on, than on increasing income. So, so we'll go into the next year with, okay, the GCI goal of X same number as last year, but what I'm going to try and do is take more evenings and weekends off or delegate more so I can have more time with my family. And that's when that goal setting That's when you are starting to make a difference in people's lives, helping people make a bunch of money. Yes, that can make a difference in people's lives and that's rewarding by all means, but helping people, you know, get to their financial goals, but also be able to, you know, take an awesome vacation, remodel their house, uh, be able to be at school pickup four days a week. That's making a difference in people's lives, and that is a bond that is so meaningful on both sides, and creates a really strong working partnership. It's rewarding on both on both ends. I I, it's what floats my boat completely is being able to do things like that with people.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, and you know this as well as I do. That's the philosophy in the ninjas. You know, it's not just to be a high producer, but it's to have work life balance. Yeah. And when we hit that, it's just the level of peace and joy and freedom that agents start to uh, build in their life is just really uh, exciting to see, right? It's, yeah, it,
1: knowing you're enough.
0: Yeah, knowing, knowing you're you enough. Knowing, knowing you're enough. Well, yeah. I got I to gotta tell you, Lena, I really appreciate you taking the time to have this interview with us. And I and I, uh, and I I just want to say, you know, I, uh, I love our friendship. Uh, you're a person that I highly respect. Uh, I enjoy when we get to spend time together and we do an installation. And I would be remiss if we didn't say that you, you've got a lovely brother by the name of Elliot, who's also in ownership in, uh, yeah. in Eugene, Oregon as well. Uh, delightful fellow and a huge Seahawk mm-hmm. fan. I know that about him. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna end with this. I just, a couple questions. These are just fun questions. Lena, if you okay. could tell me this, if you could live anywhere, right? Where would you live?
1: This is gonna sound really corny. I love where I live right now. Awesome. I, I live in downtown Edmonds. I can walk anywhere I want to. My kids are safe in that town. I, I, I live exactly where I want to live right now.
0: Well, I, and I remember when you got that house. In fact, it's one of the stories we tell in Ninja. So it's, a, it's, a, it's an awesome story. And then my, yeah. my last question for you, Lena, is what book are you reading right now?
1: Oh, my gosh. We're leaving on a trip tomorrow. And my husband ordered two books, and we're going to, on the first half, we're going to switch, um, and he didn't let me choose. He's He chose them. Um, <laughs> one of them, and I'm choosing this one first, is essentialism.
0: Essentialism. I have to write that down. Yeah,
1: um, and it uh, has to do with, you know, simplification of things. You know, what's es- what's essential and sort of paring down, I'm sure, distraction of of probably things and noise. And so that's the one I'm going to go at first. And then I honestly, he, he, like I said, he wouldn't let me choose. He was in charge. Mm -hmm. And I will say, um, he's, he's a coach also. Right. Um, and he's my coach, coach, right? He's my motivator. So yes, I let him choose the books.
0: And what was the second book?
1: I don't remember the name of it.
0: (laughs) <laughs> well, I've got essentialism down. So perfect. Oh,
1: uh, well, yeah, I'll report, back. It's yeah, some report like, back. Some real like, I don't know, do what you can with what you have right now or something like that. I, don't I
0: love it. I love it.
1: <laughs> it's of that sort of uh, sense. sense. Yeah. He, yeah, he's always, you know, pushing and he's ultra po- positive And yeah, he's the best.
0: that's great. Well, Lena, thank you again for taking the time. Uh, I hope our listeners found this really helpful. Again, if people want to reach out to you to communicate you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you?
1: My email is probably best. Just Lena mall, L E N A M A U L at windymere.com.
0: All right. Well, Hey everybody, thank you for taking the time. Again, if you found this helpful, please feel free to rate us, let us know if we're hitting the mark and also please feel free to share this out and also subscribe to our podcast. We release these every two weeks. So Lena, Hey, uh, happy holidays. I wish you the best uh, and uh, enjoy your vacation.
1: Oh, will do. You have a great holiday as well. Thank okay. you, Michael. This thank was you, Lena. Really fun.
0: Bye bye. Well, we hope you enjoyed our podcast. We want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you found it useful or helpful, please feel free to share it and also give us a rating. Also, If you think that Windermere Coaching might be right for you, please feel free to just look us up at windermerecoaching.com. And we'll end by saying this, be awesome and help someone. Make it a great day.